eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey guys, it's Faraz Siddiqui here um, from the Lower Foot Podcast. I'm here today with fantasy.football.analyst. Worth noting he has dots in his name. I have to say that every time. <laughs> All right, guys. That was Joey. Fantasy dot football dot analyst. Dot. <laughs> this is for us, Siddiqui. Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast, not the Lower Foot Podcast. That's our cousin. Is that, is that what you said? That that's that is our cousin podcast that we have. We're also starting that as well. Uh, those come out on on Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. No, no, they don't. Uh, but thanks for thanks for joining us. Uh, gonna gonna talk about some start sits this week for Week Four. Got a good game tonight, I think. With the Rams and, and Vikings, that's that's a pretty Keep good... Keep on IR. Marcus Peters is going to miss the game. I think Stefan Diggs is going to have a field day. I think so. And I kind of like it. I just think that... I mean, there's obviously that possibility of them getting after Kirk. Mm-hmm. You know, so that the offensive We saw line, what the Bills did by just applying pressure last week th- to Kirk. You know, in, in the middle of mm-hmm. that offensive line. So they, like, they don't have Everson Griffin. He's yeah. having a little issues of his own. Right. But... Um, they still have a very good defense. So. Yeah, they do. Um, but, you know, without those two corners, oh, I think I'm this... Talk- Ooh, that's the wrong defense. The Vikings you're talking about. The Vikings defense. Yeah, but we're talking about getting pressure on Kirk. That's okay. That's okay. It's all right. It's still relevant to the game. Yeah. I guess what the point I was going to make is that it's it's going to be more of an offensive game with yeah. Tlaib and Peters out, which is nice. For sure. Um, Joe Mixon just not practicing, that's all. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, so Geo, love Geo this week. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and get started. Um, any news you want to talk about? You, should we talk about the Rashard Matthews thing from last night? Yeah, I mean we can touch on it. Um, he's went on. So I think what happened was, you know, he told the team that, hey team, you're not targeting me. You're not using me. You're using my injury as an excuse to not play me. Um, and he was kind of being used rotationally, uh, and he didn't like that. So apparently, so according. To A to Z Sports, or whatever that publication is uh, in Nashville. Yeah, I'm trying to find the exact. He, um, they did agree to part ways. He's not officially released or traded or anything like that, but apparently they did agree. That's what he said. Um, so that, that now, what are the what are the uh, the takeaways from this? Now, 
Obviously, you have a guy like Taewon Taylor, uh, who has been playing about 50%. Actually, no, he hasn't been playing around 50% of snaps. This past week, he played around 50% of the snaps, and that's up from, I think, 25% week two. And I think he played less than 20% in week one. So his opportunity is going up. Um, and with without Rashard Matthews there, you know, I could see him starting on the outside like he was, and then moving to the inside when they go into three wide uh, sets. Yeah, so Taewon Taylor, he was playing 13% the first week, which he was injured. Um, second week, he jumped up to 41, and last week, he jumped up to 52. So, Yeah, that's a pretty healthy number for now, uh, but without, without Rashard Matthews there, that Rashard could Matthews jump up even is higher. also playing 50% as well. Right, so, so, so he, can, he could be a full-time player. Exactly. And we know how explosive that dude is. I mean, he can take a screen pass and just take it to the house, as we've seen in the preseason. Tajay Sharp started with 84% of the snaps in the really? first week. And he's kind of slowly making his way Dwindling down, 47 down. to 39. Yeah, I would assume that Tajay would, would probably get on the outside in three wide sets. Yeah. Um, you know, with Matt LaFleur's offense, he really likes wide receiver screens. Um, and that's something that falls right into the, the lap of someone like Taewon who can take something like that to the house. We saw it against Houston, mm-hmm. and we saw it in the preseason, where he took, like, I think it was like a 55-yard, you know, he took like a five-yard pass into like a 55-yard play, which was pretty, pretty nice. So he, I think he's worth a speculative ad, even as shitty as this offense is. Um, for now, like, you know, they can only go up from here. Um, and there's a lot of growing pains with learning a new offense. Um, it's basically, you know, with Delaney out, it's basically Corey Davis... And Taewon. Yeah, and the, the funny you say that, I actually, while I'm on the page with all the snap counts, I actually look down and I see Junu Smith, right? Week two, 100% of the snaps. Week three, 92% of the snaps. Right. So he's definitely involved as well. And I think as, in general, as we see Mariota get healthier and we're going to see him throw the ball more, um, I'll bring out the stat now. I mean, between him and Blaine Gabbert, they have a combined 325 yards in three games. That is awful. That's not good. We've seen Fitzpatrick threw more than they threw in three games in one game. And as well as many other people. So I think you have a game where Mariota throws for over three hundred yards, then you're gonna see huge production from everybody else. Not huge, but you're just gonna see production, which yeah. is what everybody's been like. Especially from Corey Davis. Yeah, and, and Corey Davis also what I should mention is Corey Davis of those three hundred and twenty eight yards Corey Davis actually has, I believe it's 151 of those yards. So imagine if they actually threw for what they should, which is like 300 yards, you know, a little over 300 yards a game. Davis is going to be a 100-yard guy a game every single week. Right, exactly. And he's going to get that target share. I think uh, he ranks second to, I think it is, Michael Thomas. No, second to Michael Thomas in targets per route run. Um, this season. So he's obviously a buy low right now. I know a lot of people aren't buying into that offense, but at the same time, like you can't get, you know, romantic about this. You have to look at the numbers. And if someone, if a guy is getting that sort of target share, um, you know, you kind of have to buy in. And if you can buy him as low as Corey Davis is right now, people are dropping him. I would definitely buy him. People are dropping Corey Davis. People are dropping. I'm getting questions all the time. Hey, like, should I drop Corey Davis for whatever? And I'm just like, no, no. Are there any smart people in your league? Trade it. Trade. You guys, if if you want to get rid of him, dropping Corey Davis. Um, me and Faraz are definitely up for joining leagues next year. We would love to. So just definitely send us an invite, and we'll be glad to join. We would love to. We would love to. 
So, enough about the Titans, let's let's move on to the starts. We're gonna be all over the place. This isn't necessarily my god, dude. This is so <laughs> annoying. There's a this a, a, like a, a guy mowing my lawn. Not a guy, I mean I hired the guy, but like the guy's mowing my lawn outside and it's just freaking annoying. Okay. I think I think he's done mowing the lawn. I think we're good. He's on break. Alright. <laughs> anyway, so let's get into the starts. Uh, we're not going to do this in any order. It's just an order of how I was looking at the matchup. So you want to with... start off with the the best one? I think our start. When I say our start of the week, I think we both agree on who it is. Sterling Shepard. Yes. I'm not. Uh, listen. Really. I, I love Sterling Shepard this week, but I'm. I have so much hesitation calling any of Eli Eli Manning's weapons, you know, outside of Barkley and OBJ as starts of the week. Ooh. I'm so I love the matchup like I love it it's just me not trusting Eli to the point where like I can be like start him but his matchup is awesome let's start let's start with Sterling Shepard how's that um, so Patrick Robinson the Saints nickel corner he's done with the year with a I think it was a broken ankle um, yeah and like PJ Williams came in and my goodness he just let Calvin really have a ridiculous breakout game last week three touchdowns more than 100 yards I mean to put his coverage into numbers, he's allowing a point and a half fantasy points, like 1.5 fantasy points per route run against him. I mean, like, you just run a route against him. And here, that's a point. That's a point for you. <laughs> he's, he's allowing, he allowed a perfect 158.3 passer rating when targeted. Now, in this matchup, I'm going to assume Eli Manning looks Shepard way a ton because of it, obviously. Marshawn Lattimore has an up and down year. I don't necessarily think OBJ is going to have a problem having a good game, but you know why not target your next favorite wide receiver whose matchup is way too good? Yeah, right. I mean, in the in the slot, you have Evan Ingram who's going to be out. Um, you have Eli Manning who has quietly been having a pretty. I mean, statistically, he's been having a good season. He hasn't had a good line, but last uh, in the last game, he had a pretty. Good game. He had a good last game, yeah. but overall, the, the game before that, he was just checking it down to every Saquon. single play to Saquon. Yeah, but he's got over eight hundred. He's got eight hundred yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, he's completing seventy three percent of his passes right now. He's got five yards rushing, which is very big for Eli. I mean, five yards on the ground that that usually takes like years for him. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just really like this matchup. For no, it, it, the matchup is amazing. I just don't trust Eli Manning as much, which is why I can't consider someone like him a start of the week, I for example. I, I think he can definitely mess us up for us. You know, and uh, It would you know, be an Eli thing to do. <laughs> right. But exactly. I, wanna, I almost want to put more of the blame on the offensive line. Nate Solder at left tackle has this... Well, the thing is, like we've seen Eli Manning uh, in great matchups before. Yes. And, you know, sometimes he's, he's done great. Um, but sometimes he's really let us down. Now, I, I, Eli Manning and Sterling Shepard definitely have rapport when the targets aren't spread out as much. You know, like when sure. OBJ was out, Sterling Shepard was getting peppered. Everett Ingram's out, he should get peppered. He should. Because there's a lot of targets that were going Ingram's way that is just not going to be there anymore. Um, Little do we know Rhett Ellison's going to have over 100 receiving <laughs> You know, even though I do hesitate a bit because it seems too good to be true, I have to have Shepard in my lineup this week, you know, for that possibility of a huge game. And, and this game can be a shootout, too. So exactly. I'm definitely, I'm definitely all, I'm, I'm definitely, I was going to say all in, but I'm definitely uh, half in. 
No, You're like I would say like eighty percent in. Eighty. That's pretty good. I had eighty-five. I'm not eighty percent on anybody, like Ooh. ever. So the, this so week good. is is pretty good. That's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I I think he's gonna have a good game. I mean, he's just such a good matchup. You know. Would and, you stream me uh, this week? Would I stream him? Yeah, I'll stream him in a in a twelve teamer. In a twelve teamer, yeah. Like I'd rather stream guys like Case Keenum over him, for example, this week. Shootout in um, KC. Yeah, I well, think exactly. I, I I think Case Keenum and his weapons are, are good too. So it's close. I just I trust Case Keenum a little bit more than Eli personally. Um, but but let's move on to the rest of the guys. Um, James White is a guy I like this week. PPR only against Miami. Um, I know, like, the game script, quote-unquote, might not be there for him this week. I know we were talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, Miami's just struggled against pass-catching running backs through these first few weeks of the season. They've given up five receptions to Deion Lewis, five to Bilal Powell, six to Jalen Richard. The Patriots, I think, should recognize that. And with the defense focusing on Gronk and Josh Gordon, I think Lewis can rack up five to seven catches in this game for, like, somewhat White. of a safe floor. Did I say Lewis? Sorry. Yes, yes. James White. Um, <laughs> Now, the Dolphins are also in the top 10 in allowing fantasy points to running backs through three weeks. Um, and I think White should continue his stretch of good games in PPR, especially with Rex Burkhead placed on IR now. It's kind of a two-man backfield at this point. Yeah. I say that now, but it might but be three-man. <laughs> you never know. Kendrick Barnes is going to get some snaps. At times. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, no, I think in PPR, I think James White is a, is, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a good start uh, if you want somebody with a safe floor, I think. Yeah, as a Patriots fan, um, this is a stat that was actually shared with me. Uh, James White's production in the passing game without Amendola or Edelman. We know Amendola's in Miami, obviously. But uh, without Amendola or Edelman in the game, I think the targets jumped from 5 to 11. The yards jumped to like 50, 60, 70 yards. And the touchdowns averaged one touchdown a game. And this is without James White without Danny Amendola or Julian Edelman in the lineup. So this is the last week we're going to have without Edelman. That's a good time to take advantage of it. Even if there's a negative, you know, even if there's a, they're ahead and they don't necessarily need to use White. Um, one thing I like to share is that White was actually named a captain this year for the Patriots. So they do view him as an important part of the team. He's currently the 15th ranked running back right now in PPR. And if you're in a PPR league, I think James White is a good play this week. For sure, for sure. Um, another guy who didn't have the best game on the ground last week, which is why I prefer him in PPR this week, is Lamar Miller uh, in the Indy. The Colts, they've allowed the second most receptions to running backs through the first three weeks. Um, yes, you know, obviously that gets a little boosted with Chris Thompson getting 13 receptions against them. Uh, but Adrian Peterson caught three balls for 30 against them. Um, what's Just up? a little... Breaking news. What's that? Titans announced they're planning to release Rashard Matthews. Oh, okay. There you go. So rather than go. trading him or just like letting him sit in the yeah. team, he's officially being released. Right. Apparently, they couldn't get some trade offers. I was reading that earlier today. Um, so so that's interesting. He's older. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. We, we did talk about this earlier. So That sounds like a Patriots ad. It does. I think I feel like every wide receiver getting any wide receiver getting released sounds like a Patriot. Because, and the Patriots were... But the only thing is working he wants out. targets. I mean... Mm. Right, but I feel like he would be okay going to the Patriots. Like, I feel like yeah, any wide receiver... If I win a Super Bowl. Yeah, if I win a Super Bowl, okay. maybe, sure, whatever. I still on the bench. <laughs> um, but I think he's a good wide receiver. I think he can land in a good spot and actually be productive. Dallas? Dallas um, uh, that just sounds like so many mediocre they, I think I feel like they need it. 
They need it for but sure. But I wouldn't be interested in fantasy though. No fantasy, no. It yeah. doesn't matter who Dallas signs. I'm not interested <laughs> as long as Dak is starting. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so back to Lamar Miller. Adrian Peterson caught three balls for thirty against Indy. Uh, Smallwood and Clement had three catches each last week. Mixon had five catches of 54 against them. It sounds like a defense that isn't defending the running back in the pass game. So the Texans did lose uh, Bruce Ellington to IR. It, that can open up some of these short targets to Miller, who's caught five of six targets last week against the Giants. The Giants didn't really give Miller any room to run, but Miller was able to be effective on the ground in the first two weeks. The Colts are in the top 10 in fantasy points allowed to running back so far, and I would try to have Miller in my lineup this week, preferably in PPR leagues. And if you're looking at two great deep threats in Hopkins and Fuller, it's going to spread the field for tremendously sure. for someone like Miller to catch passes out of the backfield or even run. I mean, he can pick up uh, chunk plays on the ground too. So Miller's not a, not a bad start this week. No, no, I don't think so. Um, Tevin Coleman against Cincy this week. Uh, he couldn't get it done last week against the Saints, but he did. I think he did catch a catch a ball for for a touchdown. The Saints have have actually been pretty stout against the run yeah. this year. Uh, they've allowed only two point seven yards per carry so far this season. He sees a Bengals team who's allowed four and a half yards per carry after Christian McCaffrey tore them up last week. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Coleman isn't McCaffrey, but the Bengals weren't really tested in the prior weeks after going up against the Colts, the Ravens. The Falcons should stay in this game, obviously. You know, they should want to control the clock because of how bad their defense is after all the injuries. Yeah. So without Freeman in the lineup, once again, I think Coleman should see close to 20 touches. So, you know, I'm going to follow the volume here, especially when an offense is moving the ball. And on the flip side, I mean, Giovanni Bernard is in a really good situation this week as well. 100%. Let's talk about Gio. So he's, you know, on the other team. This game is in Atlanta. Assuming that Joe Mixon sits this one out, did you get you got a notification saying he yeah, didn't practice? Yeah, he's not practicing Thursday. It, it wasn't likely he was going to play this week anyway. Right, I exactly. think next week is a better better timetable. But okay. yeah, not practicing. You would like to see it limited at least on the Thursday. Exactly. Um, you know, so that, that doesn't, Friday's the big. Yeah, day. I mean, I, I don't see him going. But from, even if he's limited on Friday, same. It's still and not. I also don't obviously don't see him going from no practice to a full practice on Friday either. Um, so we're going to assume Joe Mixon sitting this one out. Uh, he can return in week five, but this week I think Bernard has to be in lineups, especially in PPR. But even in standard, I think he's a good play. It's rare for a back to get 100% of all running back touches, but that's what Gio got last week. So did Chris McCaffrey. Fun fact. He got, well, not all the touches. Who? But Chris McCaffrey had 100% Christian McCaffrey. of snaps. He did have 100% of the snaps. It was amazing. I think and Gio with, did too. With the amount of touches he had too, that's amazing. Yeah, Gio did too. Yeah, exactly. Um Bernard, he saw nine targets last week. He caught five of them for 25. And that's something that's very encouraging for this week. The Falcons have allowed 36 receptions to running backs so far. The next highest is 28. That means that running backs are averaging nine receptions per game against them. That's just nuts. That's now, nine granted, granted, they did play against Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara. Well, Christian so McCaffrey far. played against them last week, right? Yeah. He had one catch. Really? I believe so. I'll double-check on that while you're going, but I'm pretty sure Chris, Chris McCaffrey only had one catch against him last week. Really? Cause it must I don't be, think so. Let me... Let's see. Am I crazy? Let's double-check that. Are you crazy? I have it right here. Hold on. Two catches. Yeah, two catches. Yards. Oh, that's interesting. 
Okay, that's good to know. Wow, I for some reason I just assumed that he caught like ten twenty eight rushes. Yeah, I just assumed that Christian McCaffrey had had more than that. Wow. Okay. Well, anyway, um, so in this game, uh, you know, obviously, I think Bernard should be able to salvage a five reception game uh, at yeah, the very you, least. And it actually helps her point. I mean, a guy like Christian McCaffrey, right? He, he, he only had ball. two. He only had two catches, that's and they're insane. still averaging nine catches a game. <laughs> that's insane. So. I just assumed that it was nine receptions because of McCaffrey. Elvin Kamara, my God, he's a beast. Uh, in three weeks, uh, where Bernard had close to the full load last year, he averaged five catches per game. So if Mixon misses again, like we he should, I think he's a must start in PPR leagues this week and should be started in all formats. For sure. Carlos Hyde in Oakland. Um, I think he's a start this week. With Baker Mayfield in and Hyde's volume kind of locked up on early downs, I think he has to be in consideration as an every week start almost. Fun fact, I called Carlos as high as big game last you week. You did. I told you. I was but like, not, it's more than football. It wasn't only his birthday, but he was, was having just, a kid. I told you before, his, he has to rush to the hospital after his son, from the hospital to the game after his son was born, and it was his birthday. So of course he was going to have a big game. He was destined to have a big game. And Bacon Mayfield came in. So yes. what a day Carlos Hyde had. I feel like that was, it was such a, it's such a love story. I think his son's name is Carlos Jr. I, I haven't looked up the name. I think it is. Maybe, maybe it affects Maybe he'll be in the NFL one day. Maybe. I wonder what the NFL is going to be like when his son is old enough flag to play. football. You think so? It's just going to be flag football? The quarterbacks will have to... It's going to be the NFFL. NFFL. <laughs> the National Flag Football League. <laughs> quarterbacks are wearing giant bubble suits and you can't pop any of the bubbles. I wonder, man. I wonder if, all, you know, like this whole, like, sacking the, sack the quarterback. Yeah, it's just rough. I think if the XFL happens, right, then the NFL is going to make some changes. Yeah. To, because if users start The XFL, XFL will basically be like, everything is legal. Like, you can poke people's from, eyes. From what I've seen, that's what they did last time. It didn't go well. Right. They didn't last that long. But uh, Oliver <laughs> Luck wants to make it kind of just like... Every football fan's dream. Right. How there's no bad, no crazy calls. Everything they hate about the NFL, everything they love about the NFL in one. Yep. Wow. Okay. Okay. So Carlos Hyde, you know, this, I think this offense is just going to move better, right? With Mayfield in, Hyde's going to have more goal line opportunities, even though he got, he had, what, what does he have? Like four touchdowns in three weeks right now? Yep. Um, he, had, he scored twice last week after Mayfield took over. Hyde only trails Todd Gurley. Uh, I was, oh, I was going to say that. Was that yours? That, that oh, type yours? Say you that. say it. Okay, so <laughs> Todd Gurley has 62 attempts, and Carlos Hyde has the second most with 61. There you go. <laughs> so I think we can... I was looking at it. I was like, oh, okay. I can't wait to Ooh, bring I can't this wait up. To say it. <laughs> and then I heard you go in that direction. Sorry, I was man. Like, no. Sorry, man. That's all I have. Do you want to like re-record this part, and you can say it? No, it's okay. Just, you sure? Just, let's just keep going. All right, fine. All right, so I, I think we can depend... On his volume uh, with this offense, twenty-two carries, sixteen carries, twenty-three carries in the last uh, in the first three weeks. I think those are numbers we can get used to. Four touchdowns in three games. Hides on a roll. Not to mention his efficiency when Baker came into the game. Yeah, I mean we saw some way better decent things in the first half, but that second half when Baker was in was when Hyde yeah. really went off for it. I, I think so. Um, and one thing to note: if you have Hyde, I think Nick Chubb should be added as an upside kind of like handcuff to get that all that early down work yeah i mean with the limited work nick chubb has seen he has seven yards carry yeah and no 5.9 remember before last season carlos hyde was very injury prone 
Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us forgot about that because he had, you know he had a healthy season. Yeah. Um, remember, Gronk had healthy seasons too, uh, exactly. but more in more seasons of him being injured. You know, he's he has that label. Um, so I think if you have Hyde, he's doing really well. He's in a good spot, a good role. I think Nick Chubb needs to be added uh, if you have him. Now, while we're here, I just want to bring something up because sure. I've been getting a lot of questions about Duke Johnson Jr. Mm. Droppable. I think PPR, you hold on to him. You see what his role is with Baker, Moving right? forward. Because mm-hmm. you see, I mean, Tyrod's a guy, if he's in trouble, rather than dumping it off to Duke, he's just going to run it. What is he seeing? He, is he still seeing about 50% of snaps? Let me check on that. But, I mean, either way, it's just after finishing the 12th best running back last year. Well, 50% is, is more than what he's getting production-wise and and opportunity-wise. So Duke Johnson's playing 38% of the snaps. For the season? Um, or is that just last year? 46, game? 37, 38. Hmm, interesting. interesting. So Carlos Hyde has been 53, 58, yeah. 58. And, and that kind of makes sense, right? Obviously, Hyde's volume did go down that second game. They had to catch up a little bit, and I can understand that part. Uh, but still, even in that second game, I don't think he got too much work either. He really didn't. He really hasn't done much. I... I would personally see if you can hold on to him for another week. Or right. maybe see what he does right. in well, a negative game. Yeah, I, I, exactly. And I think with the quarterback change, a lot changes on this offense. Yeah, so he, it's a different he's, offense. He's part of that. Um, and, and they did say that they want to give him more opportunities mm-hmm. as well. So this week, is, I think it's a favorable matchup against the Raiders. Um, they've been giving up almost five yards per carry to opposing running backs. This Browns defense isn't as bad as they were in the past. So I think game script should be less of an issue going forward for Hyde. Yeah. Browns look good. Drake couldn't do much against Oakland, though. Could he? As a Jets fan, how do you feel about losing to the Browns? Losing to the Browns? Oh, it was such a Jets moment. Um, I talked about this on Instagram. I mean, like, for the Jets to give the Browns their first win in two years, um, and Baker Mayfield's, like, crowning moment, it's such a Jets moment. I mean, Jet, the Jets are the reason why Tom Brady ever became a thing. Ooh. Right? I mean, the Jets were the ones who injured Drew Bledsoe, and yeah. that's when Tom Brady came in. And, and so, like, whatever the Jets do is just, like, it, it's part of their fate. You know? it's just, Listen, as a Jets you fan, the only way that I could, like, cope with all this is think that it's all part of the journey. It's all part of the climb <laughs> to get a back championship to Super Bowl. in 50 years. <laughs> we'll eventually have one, and boy, will it be sweet. <laughs> Okay. Uh, want to talk about Philip Lindsay. He's going up against Kansas City at home. I don't think Lindsay will see punishment, like more no, punishment. No, I saw official word. He's not going to be suspended. Oh, no, I meant from the team. Like, I, 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 I that, oh, that no, I understand. Oh, no, the team's behind him. Yeah, I think so, too. a little too. jab. Yeah, I don't exactly. think exactly. You know, I don't think he's going to get anything. And he knows like, that's not the kind of player he is. Exactly, in terms of usage. I mean, he wasn't too, really so. throwing punches. Like, he was just kind of, like, getting guys off of him, throwing was, jabs, like get, like, get off of me type of thing. I think that's what it looked like. Something so little. It, I didn't even get to see the game, it, it, but... It, it didn't look malicious. It, it didn't look dumb. You know, it wasn't, like, a dumb play. You, you know what I mean? Like, Michael Crabtree, like, it wasn't that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it wasn't Crabtree uh, to leave. Like, he was on the ground... It like, wasn't Ramsey trying to get a guy giving each other a chokehold. Exactly, exactly. So I think he's going to still see the field. This is a great matchup for Lindsey. He's capable in both the run and pass game. I think he's still going to see the field in case the Chiefs go up big. And the Chiefs are giving up more than five yards per carry. The third most receptions to running backs. The second most fantasy points to the position. So I say, I'll say he's a good start this week. 
No, as far I'm, as Royce Freeman? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Is Royce Freeman a... It could be a shootout. He could see a goal line work. Is yeah. it just like throw him in your lineup? See yeah, I think so. I mean, he's, I think he's touchdown dependent. This is a soft matchup. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to play him, like this is probably the, the week to do it. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be flex worthy and he'll have more opportunity than most games to see that goal line carry. Um, I think the total implied total for this game is 56 points. Yeah. That's insane. So you know, this, this has the biggest chance to be uh, a shootout. I'm going to give you a little would you rather here, right? Okay. Would you rather start in a PPR league? Okay. Antonio Callaway or Roy Freeman? That's a great question. I think I would start Callaway in a Callaway? PPR. Yes. If it was like a half point or a standard, I would go. You go for the touchdown. The I think so. All right, now I'll do one more. Just because I like to, I, I like not to be dependent on touchdowns, especially in PPR leagues. Are you going Royce Freeman or Mike Williams? Mike Williams, 100%. Okay. I'm, I'm out of ideas. Yeah, only because Mike Williams has shown to be, yeah, he, he had, what, three touchdowns in two games and, and something like that. Most of his production came last game when yeah, and, was and then he, he also Yeah, he also had a touchdown in that first game or second game. No, he had a touchdown in the second game, and he had yardage in the first game. So he's getting yardage, too. It's not just like he's getting, like, you know, one, one uh, target – in the end zone, he's catching that. You know, he's not he's not Josh Doxoning it. You know, he's yeah. he's productive outside of that. So I'm I'm perfectly fine. With, he's he's somebody that I want in my lineups, PPR, non PPR, whatever. He's a guy I want in my lineups. Um, so moving on to Calvin Ridley against Cincy, right? I think it's a little tough to sit a guy after a three touchdown performance. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it, but his matchup isn't really bad at all this week. William, William Jackson the third. He's going to be on Julio, mm-hmm. right, for most of the time. And that's going to leave Ridley matched up with Drake Patrick and Darkies Dennard for almost 75% of his route. So, you know, don't expect to put up those, like, crazy numbers again that he put up last week. But he should have a respectable game in this matchup. Remember, the Falcons' defense is banged up. You know, these two should be able to keep scoring on each other with the potential of a shootout. Ryan's going to need to keep slinging it. All year long. I think Steve Sarkeesian, this, this probably doesn't even make sense, but I just think right. it's funny. His offense hasn't worked. Right. Right. We saw it in the first game. It really didn't work. They start using Calvin Ridley. He's doing well. Calvin Ridley, four touchdowns. He has more touchdowns in was it two games mm-hmm. than Julio Jones has had, I think, in the last 24 games. That's amazing. Or something like that. <laughs> so, I, I, I can believe that. Yeah, no, for sure. Because Julio I mean, had, what, three last year? They found something that works. Yeah, yeah Julio had three. Yeah. And one of them came from Mohamed Sanu. Not right. even mine, right? Right, nice. So they found something that works. They could try to use Calvin Ridley more and more. Isn't Steve Sarkeesian, uh was he offense coordinator for Alabama? I don't know. It's a good question. Because Calvin Ridley came out of Alabama. Yeah, that makes sense. So, well, you know, I think Sarkeesian's offense is, I would say it's good in between the 20s. When it, when it gets to the red zone, we saw a lot of troubles last year. Bad first play game. calling. But, you know, zone. this so far, like the last two games, it really hasn't been that bad. They've been kind of clicking. Um, so Steve Sarkeesian yeah. was a offensive coordinator for Alabama. Yeah. Oh, okay. So he knows in twenty sixteen. A little bit of a connection there, then. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Interesting. That's good to know. A little bit of insight there from your boy Joey. The uh, dots in between. The dots in between. <laughs> this should be your your handle. Um, Michael Crabtree 
in Pittsburgh this week. Uh, Cody Sensabaugh, Artie Burns, they're sucking right now. They're both getting killed so far this season. They're probably going to continue rotating those guys. Opposite Don't let the three interceptions by Fitzpatrick fool you. No. Those no. are just... One of them That's was pretty much Yeah, versus. exactly. Either way, like, the Steelers have given up the most fantasy points to the wide receiver lining up on that left side so far this year where they've been rotating. And Crabtree lines up on that side about 60% of his snaps. So I think he'll have an advantage even in the slot as well for the few snaps he'll line up there. So with 10 targets in each of the last two games, another shoot-up lined up in Pittsburgh this week, Crabtree should be able to take advantage in between the 20s and the red zone. Now let me ask you something. Sure. Who would you rather own for the rest of the year? John Brown. Was that the question you were yeah, going to ask no, me? <laughs> Crabtree or John Brown? John Brown. Yeah. John Brown, for sure. Uh, he, he had a little bit of a scare in practice yesterday. I think he's okay, though. Uh, I haven't really heard anything. Uh, yeah. That's not good. That's not good. But I think, Because I even think a scare for John Brown is just... Right, exactly. Uh, you know, he was catching balls without his helmet, and then he went into the locker room. Um, so, I don't want to... Foreshadow know, anything. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it just, you know, just, just, just keep an eye out. Averaging 18 yards a catch. Maybe do a little, a little Twitter search. Maybe. (laughs) All right, so Tyler Boyd in Atlanta. Uh, Brian Poole is their nickel corner. You know, Falcons are terribly banged up, you know, giving up the... Are you ready to start Tyler Boyd? Is this like... Am I ready to start him? Has he proved himself? Or is it just kind of like... Yes, he's proved himself. I watched both of those games, and he looks good. He's getting open. He's running really good routes, and he's catching everything that Dalton is throwing in his area. Um, I, I think the fact that Dalton is able to have another wide receiver be, you know, take away take away a little pressure from AJ Green. I think that that's going to benefit AJ Green. It, it benefits Dalton, and it benefits Tyler Boyd with all the attention AJ Green's getting. So this is a, a really a, it's a win win scenario for Dalton um, because he hasn't really had you know a, a weapon like Boyd. In a while, and Boyd was he's you know utilized weapon like Boyd. Boyd's been on the team. Yeah, he's this is his third year, you know, so it, it makes sense that's a breakout. I mean, people were really intrigued with Boyd as a rookie, um, yeah. and it makes sense that like you know a lot of rookies just especially wide receivers don't pan out their rookie year. It's very rare to have a rookie wide receiver have a great year, and this is kind of his coming out party. Um, it, you know, it's just tough to bench him too because he's red hot. You know, this week. Um, Eighth most fantasy points of slot wide receivers. Six catches in the last two games. Averaging 111 yards and a touchdown. It sounds like someone you need to play. Currently has more fantasy points than Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, it sounds like Juju being better than A.B. Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. <laughs> Juju Smith is the fifth best wide receiver and A.B. is the 11th. Yeah, there you go. Calvin Ridley is better than Tony Anyway, um, so for those of you who don't remember, Tyler Boyd was actually the one. I believe he was the one who sent the Bills to the playoffs last year. Right. He had, he finished the year in a great note. Um, and, I mean, that seems to be trend some years. Yeah, I Two think so. Two years ago, Adam Thielen finished the year strong, and he was a wide receiver one the following exactly. year. Tyler Boyd kind of had a similar track. They started using him more and more towards the end of the year. Brandon LaFell kind of started falling out of the picture. And I guess he's just building off of that. So I think that helps more of, like, his credibility-wise. Right. 
how you can see he was having success at the end of last right. year, and he's kind of carrying it over to this year. Right, and and you know I was very interested in Boyd because uh, in you know after his big week in week two, mm-hmm. before I went to waivers to pick up guys, I watched a film on like a couple guys, and he was one of them. And I was like, I'm, I was even more impressed about what he did than Calvin, what Calvin Ridley did. Um, and if I had to pick between the two, like if both guys were on your waivers after week three, I would have picked up. I picked up Boyd over Ridley. Wow. Yeah, I, I think that Boyd is just a better receiver right now. First. Boyd is going to be a top 10 wide receiver. <laughs> no, I, I do think that like he's going to be in every week start, especially in PPR leagues. So um, just a little more on John Brown. Did not practice Wednesday. The injury is disclosed. Um, he was spotted on the field Wednesday without a helmet or pads while working with special teams. But he didn't return once individual drills commenced. Uh, basically, you're gonna have to circle back and see what it, what it is. Is it possible he he's got the sickle trait? I mean, is it possible? He's, Siri, oh? set a reminder to trade for Michael Crabtree in three hours. Okay. Okay, I'll remind you. Thanks, Siri. All right. Make sure everybody have your reminder set. <laughs> okay, wait till you forget about that, and then three hours your phone goes off, and you're just like, what the. And I'm like, what? Trade for Michael Crabtree? Why? Uh, okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, Jarvis Landry, like, oh, by the way, just on Boyd, uh, again, I just want to mention that this is one of the highest scoring games of the week, and he should probably be in your lineup just because it might be a shootout. Okay. Moving on. Jarvis Landry. You're probably going to start Jarvis Landry every single week, every but single week. I need, I just wanted to bring him up because Mayfield targeted Landry after he came in on 39% of his throws. I mean, that's good. Uh, Better than anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not to mention he goes up against old man Leon Hall. This is my favorite dude. This is my favorite dude in the NFL. Every week we bring up old man Leon Hall. Every week you've got to bring up Leon Hall. Who's going to burn him, right? And, you know, he's given up the fourth most fantasy points to slot wide receiver so far this year. Jarvis is going to get his regardless. Um, You're probably starting him. The second we saw Baker come onto the field, his first throw. Landry. Was to Landry. And it was a good throw. Yeah. And we saw their chemistry kind of spark right this, away. This QB change is just going to benefit him so much. We've been talking about, I feel like you've been I've talking been, about Baker. Like, if Baker, if yeah, Baker. And and it's it's going to happen. Say, it's going to happen. Now that Baker. Yeah. And, and, are you picking up Baker? Yeah. So, like, you know, I think that's a good, that's a great, great question because I was going to bring up the fact that, like, I like it more for his weapons than I do for Baker himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, if you like everybody, if you like Njoku, you like Callaway, you like uh, you know Landry, you kind of like Baker too. The question is, is Baker going to have the touchdowns? Right? I can see him putting up yardage, having good games, 251-1 or something, 252-0. Mm-hmm. and zero. And those are good games. Um, but will he light it up but like Patrick Mahomes? he's going to be a touchdown Mahomes? machine. Yeah, he's going to be a touchdown machine. And he can. He has the weapons. I think if he utilizes Njoku more, right, exactly. then he could be. That's their main goal line threat, I think, um, in Njoku. Um, and Njoku didn't have a single catch for the first half. And then once Baker got in, it's a small sample size. But he had two long catches. Right. And, and the yardage that he put up with Baker in that second half is more yardage than he had in the first two games combined. Yeah. So I uh, like Njoku, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yes, sounds um, good. Okay, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas, m- much more so for Emmanuel Sanders against KC. I'm not benching a guy who's having as much success as Sanders has been having, but I just want to point out he's going up against a Chiefs defense. Uh, and then this game in general is the highest projected total of the week, again. Um, the defense has not been good defending the past game. 
They're ranking 30th DVOA according to Football Outsiders. They, they're giving up the most, I'm sorry, the second most receptions to wide receivers in the league. Patrick Mahomes, balling. You, you got to expect the Broncos to have to continue to throw the ball all game long. As far as Demarius Thomas goes, he saw 10 and 11 targets the first two games. So I think he's a you know just fine start in PPR leagues in what could be a shootout in Denver. I think Emmanuel Sanders' numbers from last week are a little... Deceiving? A little deceiving. Of course. A 35-yard touchdown rush. Exactly. Definitely gave him another But outside of that, so. he had what, 30 yards, 40 yards? He had five catches for 30 yards. Right, exactly. And so that's not good. Ahead. And he had a good matchup, too. Mm-hmm. He did. So it's interesting. I mean, the game was in ba- in Baltimore. you got to take that in, into account. Mm-hmm. Their defense always plays better there. Um, so, you know, I think this is definitely... But either way, the matchup's good this week. I'm not to too worried about his long-term value. If anything, I'm yeah. worried more about Case Keenum. Right. He's not looked good. He hasn't looked this good. year. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully he, he, he can turn he, that he around. He has a shot to sling it in this game. So, so we'll, the we'll, thing we'll about see how he does. Is he's an upgrade right. from anything that had sure. last year. He's capable. And he's smart. He, know, he knows he's not playing well. Right. Right? He knows he has to improve. And he's smart enough to work on that. He's smart enough to improve. So I'm not too worried about Manuel Sanders. His numbers right. were a little inflated from last week, but. Yeah, still I, I don't think Case is a guy who. I'm I'm calling him by his first name because me and him are boys. Oh, um, really? I'm I'm calling like uh, he's not a guy who's gonna carry a team. Mm-hmm. He's a guy game manager, a little bit more than a game manager who can support a team. That's why they're trying really hard to get this running game going um, with Lindsey and, and 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 Booker and who's the other guy they have? Oh, Freeman. Royce Freeman. I forgot about that guy who's oh, yeah, playing the guy 25 they percent of snaps. In the third round. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they're trying to get that. So, it, so all the pressure isn't on Keenum. And I think that's where he's at his best. Just like last year, a lot of what the Vikings did was through their running backs. Latavius Murray, um, obviously, they wanted to get Dalvin Cook. How involved was Dalvin Cook in the first couple of games? I mean, really involved, almost 30 touches a game. Yeah. Um, and then you got Latavius Murray uh, and, and Jarek McKinnon taking up a lot of work, too. And then they kind of bounced their play action off of that, you know, et cetera. Is it just me or is... Vance Joseph, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on it. That's okay. I just think Vance Joseph is not a good NFL head coach. Yeah, no, I agree. He seems almost lost at times. He seems like he's trying to cover up what he's doing and trying to, like, make up for his bad decisions. I just don't, I'm not a fan of Vance I'm not a fan either. And I think if they got a different head coach in there, it could change a lot of things. I agree. And help the offense run a little smoother. 100%. Just a little side note. Sure. Um, Kenny Galladay in Dallas. This week, week? I, I think he's considered the number one wide receiver in Detroit right he's now got until further notice. More fantasy points than Golden Tate, more fantasy points than Marvin Jones. He's got pretty sure he's got twenty eight targets. Tate has thirty six. Jones has twenty three. Yeah, and, and Tate is gonna get his targets, right? I mean, he's that short to intermediate exactly. route type of guy. But if you talk about more wide receiver one production, exactly. Kenny Galladay is your guy, and he's averaging nine targets, six receptions, eighty five yards. Over the last three weeks, that's pretty damn good. He's scoring in two of the last three games. He needs to be started. The, the, now, the Dallas corners, they've actually done a pretty good job, except Chidobi Awuzie. I think that's how you say it. I've only read it. I never Chidobi said Awuzie. it. Awuzie. Awuzie, right. That's how you say it, right. He's, he's allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers, lining up on his side of the field so far. And he wasn't great last year either. So, you know, this isn't just a one-year thing. Galladay, he's your second-round pick from a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Galladay lines up on that side about 50% of the time. So we would expect, you know, them to him to do most of his damage on that side. 
Breaking news. Breaking news. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, dun, uh, Eagles safety Ronnie McLeod out for the season with a torn MCL. Wow. Not good. Not good for Eagles defense that was already pretty weak against the pass. Not good. They're stout up front. Still got that good defensive line. But Corey wow. Davis. Corey Davis, man. <laughs> he might have a. He might shut people up this week. Like he I might, hope so. I hope so too because he's been getting so much hate. I'm really on the Corey Davis team because I've been in the Corey Davis team since he was drafted. Right, he, I was he's the only good, one last year. I was did you see team. that play? I think it was last week where he caught that screen and broke like four tackles for 15 yards. I mean, he's that's... doing the best he can with what he's given. Exactly. Anyway, and on a side note, Kenny Galladay, I don't remember if it was last week against the Patriots, but he made this play where basically the ball was intercepted. And he punched the ball. Right. Yeah. I think we talked about this last time. This was um. Uh, this just my This was the play first game. That was the first, the first game. game. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good play. It was against the Jets. Oh, there it was you against go. the Jets. There like, you go. I think the Jets intercepted the ball. That's why I remember seeing. And uh, I think he punched the ball. I don't remember if it was Tremaine it Johnson. I think it was Tremaine Johnson who intercepted. I think it was the rookie. P something corner rookie corner. No, no, no. We don't have a no. We don't have a rookie corner on the outside. It, it was one of. It was either Tremaine Johnson or. Uh, Maybe a second year quarter. I don't remember who it was. Either way, this. But yeah, and then he ran down the field, punched the ball out, and the lines recovered. <laughs> um, oh, look, that's but yeah, so Marvin Jones, he spent he spent about thirty seven percent of his routes on Awuzie's side, so he can take advantage as well if he's given given some opportunities while lined up there. But the Cowboys have been very stout. Oh, Perry everywhere Nickerson. Else. Who? Perry Nickerson. Nickerson was the one who caught that. I he had like two interceptions or something. Oh, I didn't know that. He was the one who caught that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, man. Um, Randall Cobb. Okay, hear me out. <laughs> Preferably in PPR against Buffalo. I agree with you. Okay, good. I mean, it was a tough last couple games for Cobb. It really was. But I think he's in a good spot this week against Teron Johnson in the slot in Buffalo. I think, you know, Johnson, you know, if you look at his, you look at his stats, he had a good tackling game last week, but that's not necessarily a good thing when it comes to coverage. But the Bills have given up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers so far this season. Now, with that stat, yeah. I think something we have to keep in mind, as bad as the Bills' defense has been, yeah. Trey Davis-White has been the definition of a shutdown. He's been really good. He's been Amazing. incredible. I think he's one of the top on PFF. I think pro football focus. Yeah. I think he's like the top rated corner right now. I think he did a great job on Diggs last week. I saw that game too. Exactly. Diggs almost had two touchdowns last week, but... White did a really good job on him. And so White's going to be all over Adams. We saw what Thielen did in the slot last week. I mean, it's just, it's Thielen. So we know exactly. he's going to have a good game either way. But but that's a good point. Tredavious on Adams. And, you know, Rodgers is going to continue to look Cobb's way. I mean, he did look Cobb's way last year. That's last week. Jimmy Graham may even not play. Oh, I didn't know that. So I, that's just one less target. That's interesting. Because, uh, you know, he did see 11 targets last week. Cobb did. Yeah, Cobb saw um, eleven targets. So I think it was a game to it was a game to forget. Mm-hmm. I mean, he there was almost a pick. Um, you know, Cobb. The Redskins just beat him up. Yeah, Cobb like almost caused a pick. Uh, he fumbled. It was it was a there was a bad. And fumble Rogers too. is still injured. I mean, he's just practicing for the first time in three weeks right. on Thursday. Exactly today. So oh really? I th- I think I saw he's practicing that's true today. because last week he's his first practice was on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Um, so I think Cobb does have a good chance to bounce back. He just it's just tough to bench him in PPR. When you have Rodgers. Um, I want to move on to Mike Williams. We talked about him before. He hasn't played a full complement of snaps yet. He's going against 49ers. He moves all around the formation, though. And he's produced. This week, he'll, he'll go up against a 49ers defense who's been a liability. Without Richard Sherman. 
yeah, on the left side of the field and in the slot, giving up the fifth and eleventh most fantasy points. No Richard Sherman. Um, I think this game really boils down is if how much they need to throw. Right. They could literally just Melvin Gordon use Melvin Gordon the whole entire game. Austin Eckler because he a compliment to both of them out there. Uh, it's it's just tough to see the 49ers with all the people they've lost with Jimmy Garoppolo out, Jerick McKinnon out, Richard Sherman's going to miss some time. It's a shame they had so much potential, but yeah, they really did. No, I, I think we, we think about this a lot, you know, as far as like a team not having to throw the ball a ton. But I think it doesn't happen as often as we think. I think the games are usually a little bit closer than we think. Um, and we saw that <laughs> example of that was Minnesota and Buffalo last week. My goodness. Um, yeah. I do want to mention Stefan Diggs for tonight. Um, they're in LA. You know, you're going to start him, but I just wanted to point out that, like we said earlier, that Akib Talib and Marcus Peters are. Both out. Both out tonight. And it's going to be a close game. They're going to need to throw it. They're going to need to throw it all. Um, want to mention Tyler Lockett in Arizona. There's no word on whether Doug Baldwin will suit up this week. If he does, I'll downgrade Lockett, honestly, for this particular week because he'll see more snaps on the right side of the field. That's where Patrick Peterson lines up. If Baldwin doesn't play, Lockett's going to see a majority of his snaps again from the slot where the Cardinals have been pretty bad. They've been giving up the fifth most fantasy points in the first three games. Again, Buda Baker... You know, he's playing that hybrid safety nickel corner role. And it's not really working out when it comes to guarding slot wide receivers. So I think Lockett, you know, he'll be looking to extend his touchdown streak to four games this week. Deshaun Jackson uh, in Chicago. I can see I can see DJX bouncing back. I think he can get behind Kyle Fuller. You know, he's been getting They're going to need to throw. They're going to need to throw. <laughs> Again. Exactly. And, you know, they've been getting... He's been Kyle Fuller in general. Like whenever I, I I feel like I watch his games, I turn on the TV like Monday Night Football, and Kyle Fuller's getting torched. I mean, he's a good corner at times, but I don't know. He he just gives up big plays. So I feel like you know, uh, and even on the other side of the field, Amukamara, you know, he's I think he's the better corner out of the two personally, but he can be burned too. He's always going for those picks. He's always jumping routes. So one double move by G, uh, by Djax, and I think it's a wrap. Um, just keep in mind, Chicago's defense is definitely better. I at do home. like the safeties for the Bears. <clears throat> no, it's true. Good pair of safeties, Eddie it's Jackson true. and Adrian Amos. But I do think, like in DFS, like if you're playing GPPs, Djax might be a good play just because he didn't score last week, so he's not the hotness anymore. Can you explain what GPPs are for people? Tournaments, like so, if you're you know playing DraftKings, you have cash lineups, you have GPP lineups, which is also another name for tournaments. You know, GPPs, tournaments. You kind of you know you want a good roster, but you're kind of shooting for a ceiling rather than a high floor when you're playing in cash lineups. So, uh, you know, DJX isn't necessarily the most consistent option, which is why, you know, he might be a lower-owned player this particular week just because he wasn't the hotness last week. That's all. Um, If you want more details about that, we have another podcast, DFS podcast, coming up. Lower foot. Actually, no, we don't have a DFS podcast. Maybe we should have a DFS podcast next year. We could. Okay. The lower foot. Let's think of (laughs) I'm all for it. Corey Davis, we mentioned him. Um, Start him. Start him. Um, Listen, the hate against this offense is real. A banged-up Mariota going up against Jacksonville isn't necessarily the point at which I would be judging him. I do think Mariota has been mediocre at best during his career, but he can make a wide receiver relevant, especially a prototypical number one wide receiver in Corey Davis. And we've seen that wide receiver over the years be a tight end in Delaney Walker. Yeah, and now he's going to get a ton of market share without that wide receiver. Without Rashard Matthews. Without Rashard Matthews, who was the other wide receiver that he was making relevant. 
Uh, so the, his favorite wide receiver and his favorite tight end over the past couple of years is gone. Okay. Um, and regardless, Corey Davis was still the number one wide receiver there. <laughs> even yeah. even if those even, guys were still there. Yeah, if the Walker and... Uh, Rashad Matthews? I don't know why I couldn't remember his name. That's okay. But even it, if they were both still name. there, I would still be the same amount of high on Corey Davis. If anything, I mean, I, I wouldn't be as high because the market share isn't going to be as high. But, like, but at the same time, if you have Delaney Walker, you have someone who can balance the field. That's true. You know That's what I mean? That's very true. And the way that they were already trying to move Corey Davis around the field, that means the offense was tailored towards him. Mm-hmm. Whenever you see a wide receiver moving around the formation like that, they're the main guy. You see that with him. You see that with Alshon Jeffrey as well. Um, you see that with you know a lot of number one wide receivers. Um, so now I think it's going to be just him and Taewon Taylor, most likely. Now, this is a Philly defense that isn't good on the perimeter. Um, like I said, they move Davis around enough. He's going to get his targets. And just to put that coverage into numbers, Philly's defense has given up the third most fantasy points to wide receiver so far on Jalen Mills' side of the field and the seventh most on Ronald Darby's side of the field. And they're not really great against the slot either. So I think Davis is going to be just fine in this matchup. Yeah. Okay. Going to move on to some desperate starts. I mentioned Allen Robinson. He's going up, up against Tampa Bay. And, like, I'm calling it desperate just because Mitch Trubisky isn't that good. He's not playing well. Um, if Trubisky was having a good season, Allen Robinson would be a no-question spot. Of course. And, you know, he couldn't get it going last week. And But I just think it'll be hard to, like, not get going against, you know, this week against Tampa Bay. They're banged up on D. And, like I said, the problem isn't Robinson. It's Trubisky. You know, he had that 10-catch, 14-target game two weeks ago, and that's kind of what we're chasing. You know, if you're starting Robinson this week, and in PPR formats, he's a little bit tough to bench. In standard leagues, I think he's a little bit easier to bench, though. Who would you you rather start? Who would you rather start? Okay. Mitch Trubisky or Baker Mayfield? Mayfield. Wasn't even a hesitation. No, I don't think so. I just think he uh, he has better weapons. It's a better offense. Um... Yeah. Trubisky at home against Oakland rather than Mayfield in the play. I, I also think Mayfield might run it a little bit more, too. Yeah. Even though he doesn't really look to take off. He Trubisky's looks, he not looks a bad downfield. runner either. He's not. He's not. I just think... You, do you think that Mayfield's floor, rushing floor, is lower than Trubisky's rushing floor? Probably, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah Trubisky looks pretty... Trubisky's a pretty good athlete. Yeah, he is. When he was going up against uh, Russell Wilson... You know, that Seahawks game? He looked better than Russell Wilson running the ball. I you know who looks really good running the ball? Pretty athletic. Yeah, Josh, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know my mind. I do. I mean, he looked like Cam Newton a little bit. A little bit. I mean, he's a big dude who's he's pretty jumping athletic. Jumping over people. Jumping over. Dude, that was cr- Have you ever seen a quarterback jump over a dude like that? I have not. <laughs> that I was nuts. But yeah. Good for him. He's like a, he's like a, a mini Cam, I think. I can't even call him mini. He's pretty big. And it's pretty similar, too. Like, both have good arms, both have accuracy issues, and both can run the ball. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Okay, another desperate start. Kenyon Drake. What the Ooh. hell do you do with this guy? In New England, he was a buzzkill last week, man. He saw only seven touches. Um, now, he, l- let me explain how that game happened, right? They only ran, like, why did he only see seven touches? The Dolphins only ran 39 plays last week. That's ridiculously low. The average of plays run this year is around 65. The Dolphins, as a whole, they've run about 55 game plays per game on average. So I think Drake's usage should bounce back to what we saw week one and week two, which isn't a ton, but he's definitely more usable. The Dolphins' game plan this particular week, I don't know if you agree as a Patriots fan, 
they're likely going to, it's likely going to involve trying to keep Tom Brady off the field, which would involve running the damn ball. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots have not been really good against the run this year. They've allowed the third most rushing yards, 4.8 yards per attempt through three weeks. And we did think Drake was going to bounce back last week against a bad Raiders rushing defense, but the game flow was very weird. Those big plays the Dolphins had didn't really let him, you know, like the Dolphins just didn't have the ball that long because early in their drives, they would get these crazy long plays twice. Um, So I think Drake, no doubt, is tough to trust right now, but we should see him get back to the, you know, the 15-plus touch range in a good matchup. I wouldn't really worry about negative game script here because Drake is the primary pass catcher and he's not going to be taken off the field in that scenario. Um, I want to talk about Kerryon Johnson. Uh, on Johnson in Dallas. He gave Detroit their first 100-yard rusher in five years against the Patriots last week. Good job, Kerryon. The, the city loves you. Um, he's still sharing work with LeGarrette Blount on early downs, but at least he's cutting into Theoretic's third down work a little bit, which is which is really kind of taking intriguing. some work from Blunt, some work for Riddick, and if they don't give this guy more touches... They really do. ...then I think Matt Patricia deserves to get fired. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, just look, like... Well, I think it's going to take a little bit of time. 5.6 yards a carry. 100%. 100%. No, the game script did work out for them a little uh-huh. bit perfectly for the Lions last week. They did go up early. Uh, you know, I don't think there's a scenario where Dallas gets through a huge lead this week or anything either, so Johnson should be involved throughout. We can expect around 15 touches at least, you know, with the hope that the number goes up while Blunt is slowly phased out, you know, in the next game or two, hopefully. Um, you know, they had the same amount of carries last week, except Johnson doubled Blunt's output. <laughs> you know, as far as the matchup is concerned, though, the Cowboys were doing well against the run, but they're not going to be, they're not going to have Sean Lee, you know, for a few weeks. So this defense is a completely different defense without Sean Lee uh, in the middle of the field. Leighton Vander Esch, though. Yeah, I'm good. I'll still carry on this week. Like, would you, would you, how would you classify him? R- running back two, flex? I could see him getting RB2 numbers this week. Like think, a low end I RB2. I think I could see that too. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised. Because the running back landscape is also kind of crazy this this year, right? I mean, you, you have like n- nobodies kind of in the top 24. <laughs> it's just it's just a weird year. Yes, yeah. I, I. But like you said, I think Carryon Johnson is a good desperate start. I think if so. that makes sense. I think so. Um, I sounded like you got to start him, even though he's in the desperate start section. But he's probably the best. Out, out to of get the all the starts. desperate starts is the best. Desperate right, exactly. So. Um, definitely better than the next one, Chris Carson, in Arizona. What is uh, up? <laughs> I don't know, man. Seattle. Listen, Bears. you got to be pretty desperate to have Carson in your lineup. You know, this is an okay week to take a shot remember i'm really qualifying myself there not only are you taking a shot but this is an okay week to take a shot it's not even a good week so you know that's what you're doing can we predict game script maybe 34 yeah i mean if we get it right is carson the guy for sure we don't even know that Right, I mean, Carson. All you know, is I saw Penny dropped in like two or three leagues. Oh god, I know, I know. Pick him up. Carson had 32 carries last week. You know, Penny did fumble a handoff. You know, and like I guess that's what landed him in Pete Carroll's doghouse. After that, the Cardinals they've allowed the most fantasy points to running backs. You know, but Jordan Howard couldn't get it done last week. But as here, as he either here or I was kind of pissed about that. Nothing makes um, sense anymore. <laughs> Arizona, they they do play better uh, at home on defense. They're 
offense is so anemic, though, that you know you have to expect the Seahawks to be in the game, continue to try to run the ball at least. So I'm personally trying to stay away from this backfield. But if you have no other options, I guess you can hope for Carson to get at least half of the volume he received last week. Um, this one's kind of crazy. Alfred Morris in PPR. What? In LA. Hear me out. What? Prefer Alfred Morris in Is PPR. Is it because Matt Breida may not play? No. Wow. It, obviously, he's a... A, a good start if Matt Breida doesn't yeah, play. Obviously. But <laughs> in what world is this a thing where Alfred Morris is getting people out? Now, C.J. Beathard's the reason. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with C.J. Beathard at QB for the 49ers last year, he forced Carlos Hyde into being a pass guy to back. And he might do the same to Alfred Morris. Matt is probably being started every week at this point because of his production. But Morris is still getting touches and will be on the field. He actually led the backfield in touches in each week. Um, in, in six full games Beathard played last year, he targeted Carlos Hyde and Matt Breida 68 times in six games. Hyde himself averaged 8.3 targets per game. In the next five games, you know, when Jimmy G started, the two running backs saw a total of 19 targets. So we're, we're talking 68 targets in six games to 19 targets in five. So that's obviously a huge bump. And if you're forced into desperation mode this week, I think Morris can provide a decent floor in PPR. I'm so weird saying this. In PPR leagues going forward, if Beathard continues to check it down a ton, obviously we have to monitor whether Breida starts getting more touches and more of a percentage of uh, running back touches than Morris. But for now, I think he can actually provide a decent floor in PPR leagues. We'll see. You know, this is not the week I want to start him uh, just because it's the first week with Beathard. Um, but Beathard has actually targeted the running back more than any quarterback has in the last 10 years. Um, do you want to hear the definition of a desperate start? Yes. Read my mind. Do it again. Come on. You have did it before. Uh, Buck Allen? No. Same team. The, that was my next guy. Same team. Same team? Were you just going to say Alex Collins? No, no, no. Same team as the 49ers. Oh. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk. Kyle <laughs> <laughs> you know, he has two less total fantasy points than Alfred Morris right now. Really? Alfred Morris is the 40th ranked running back. Kyle Juszczyk is the 41st. That's Kyle Juszczyk has over 100 receiving yards, one receiving touchdown, eight more targets than Morris, and four more catches than Morris. That's amazing. Could we see... I don't think so. ...of fantasy relevant... I mean, desperate... Desperate, 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 desperate. Like you're talking double desperate. I mean, would you rather start Alfred Morris or or Kyle Yushek? Alfred Morris, because he's <laughs> runs the ball, but and he's also the goal line back. Kyle Yushek. <laughs> if you're in a 20 team league and you need to fill in, pick his ass up. Yeah, that's what Joey's saying. Why right not? Now. In a 22 league, dude. I would love. You know what's funny? I'm in a 22 league. 20 I would team league. He love. May be available. To start Kyle Juszczyk one week. I think I'm going to do it. Hold on. So, also keep in mind, Matt Breida did hyperextend his knee last week. So, monitor his status. He didn't practice yesterday on Wednesday. And if he doesn't go, I would say just fire Morris up. Someone owns Kyle Juszczyk. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's amazing. I mean, I guess in the 20-team league, you got to, like, really look for running backs. You got to dig deep. I can see that. Who the heck owns Kyle Juszczyk? Okay. All right, either way, my heart's broken. Uh, okay, Buck Allen, obviously in PPR in Pittsburgh. This game has one of the highest projected score totals for the week. There's a good chance Ben the Steelers go up early in this game. I'm going to expect more passing than usual, even in a division game, uh, divisional game. 
Now, this, if this was in Baltimore, I might think a little differently, but the Steelers tend to light it up at home. Uh, Buck Allen's stat totals are, like, terrible, but except when it comes to touchdowns and receptions. So I think he should have a floor in this game, about three to four receptions, um, and he's being used around the goal line in both the pass and run game. So, you know, he's a good chance of scoring um, in either, you know, he has four touchdowns this week, this year. I mean, in he, I think he scored, in, yeah, he scored in each game. And last game he had two touchdowns. You know, I lost last week. So my opponent had Buck Allen, and he scored those two touchdowns, and I was just pissed. I'm like, you're going to start Buck Allen, who has like a total of like eight yards in this game, and beat my ass with Buck Allen. That's just, that's just sad. But yeah. you can beat someone's ass this week with Buck Allen. Uh, if you're not in a PPR league and you're playing him, you're just praying for a touchdown as the preferred goal line back. He's a top 12 running back right now. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's sad, but amazing at the same time. Um, Willie Sneed, this is going deep a little bit. PPR preferred. He has a good matchup this week against Mike Hilton in the slot. Um, you know, he's continuing a trend from last season, giving up the third most fantasy points so far to slot wide receivers. I like Sneed as a desperate play this week, only because the Ravens are going to have to air it out. Um, he should still get his targets, and he could end up with five to six catches and maybe a score. Um, so if you're looking for somebody in your flex, I think Sneed is, is a better option than most. Yeah. Um, with that. Christian Kirk, he's a serious desperation play this week, but the matchup isn't so bad. We saw that Josh Rosen and him had a little bit of a connection. The preseason numbers show a rapport between the two as well, um, and they've done a bunch of work together during the summer. Of course, Larry Fitzgerald needs to get the damn ball. This offense is a mess, but super, super desperate, 14-team league. You know, Christian Kirk might be somebody you need to start this week. Uh, moving on to D.D. Westbrook against the Jets in PPR. The perimeter is kind of where the Jets have been pretty good, like in the secondary. But the liability is in the slot. You know, Buster Screen isn't so great defending. Uh, you know, Westbrook hasn't really gotten a ton of volume. But if you're desperate, he has a good matchup. He has a shot to get more targets than usual with Keelan Cole having a tougher matchup on the outside. He showed us against Patriots. He just needs one play. Yeah, exactly. He just needs one play. You know, he had a couple of good games to start the season. Tough matchup last week. So, you know, you can do worse if you're desperate this week, honestly. Okay. Mr. Every Other Week, Amari Cooper. Oh. I mean, honestly, if that was his nickname... What a headache. If Mr. Every Other Week was Amari Cooper's nickname, that would actually be a compliment. I think it would be better than what he's been doing throughout his career. At least you know when to start him. <laughs> uh, Denzel Ward, the Browns' rookie corner, he's shown some great flashes. He also gave him some big plays, but he's also been, you know, looking at Michael Thomas, Antonio Brown. He's a rookie. He's a good rookie He's a rookie corner. good corner. Um... He's to make you know, some with, with, with how much Cooper but. moves around, I don't think he sees too much of him anyway. But even if he does, I'm not necessarily staying away because of it. If this rookie shuts him down, though, like, I'm cutting Amari Cooper. Like, I mean, I don't even know what, what else to say. <laughs> what do you do with Amari Cooper right now? You can't. You just keep him on your bench? It's you like start him? To Cook. It's what do like, you do? you got to keep him on your team. You're trading him away. You're trading him away for nothing. But is he nothing? He's not nothing. But you just can't trade him this week. Just, I mean, you could have traded him after week two. You gotta, you gotta do, you, do you wait for a big week and then sell him? Yes. Yeah? Okay. For another wide receiver? Of course. I think I'll do that too. I'd pay to get the headache off my team. For sure. Hopefully he blows up this week so you can sell him. Like Jordy Nelson last week. Right. Jesus. Would you have bought Jordy Nelson the waiver wire, by the way? Just curious about what your take is on Jordy Nelson. I I didn't even bid on him. He was, a free, he, he was, he was on waivers. That just seems like a trap. outlandish game. Right. And Nothing I seem like gonna happen and it, it, you're going to be kind of playing the game of who's going to have a bigger game, Amari Cooper or Jordan Nelson, every week. 
Would you agree? Most consistent part of that offense is still Jared Cook, who leads the team right. at 260 yards, 22 targets. Right. Marshall Lynch scoring in every game, too. Marshall Lynch? Yeah, that's true. Marshall Lynch is doing good. He's catching some passes. Amazing. Um, I, I do think like this week we have to temper expectations on Marshall Lynch. He's scored in each game, uh, but he's pretty de- touch-on dependent, I think, right now. the Browns. I like his usage. I do. I do as well. The Browns have been good against the run. Uh, if you're starting Lynch, you're hoping for that touchdown. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, Cleveland isn't, like, the best. Um, you know, they've just allowed there. two Cleveland touchdowns to James Conner. They've allowed two touchdowns to Isaiah Crowell. So I think Lynch has a good shot of, of continuing that streak. So I would temper my expectations a little bit. But, obviously, if Lynch doesn't score, you're kind of left with, like, six or seven points. If you're in a standard, he's a good RB2. Oh, 100%. PPR, you're kind of... You know, he may have other options, but yeah. if you don't, then you yeah. start him. Why not? If you're in a PPR league, I'll probably sell Marshawn. You know, try to get somebody who's less dependent. Maybe package him up with somebody else and get like a Joe Mixon or something like that. Yeah. That's kind of what I would try to do. Um, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Kareem Hunt uh, in Denver. Similar thing, but just on a really, really good offense. Um, Denver, they have the best defensive front in the NFL, or one of the best defensive fronts. They're tough to run on, especially at home. I wouldn't really expect a huge rushing total for Hunt. Um, but he's always in line for a goal line attempt or two on this high-powered offense. So I would try to have some like high-floor guys around him in your lineup most weeks in case he doesn't get that touchdown. I'm selling Kareem Hunt high. Yeah. I yeah. don't like his value for the future. I mean, you have to think at some point defenses will start to figure out Patrick Mahomes. Maybe not completely. I think he's still going to be successful. What about in standard, though? Would you rather have Hunt or Marshawn Lynch in standard? Marshawn. Why? Because they're both touchdown dependent. Mm-hmm. Kareem Hunt's seeing the work. But, although the Chiefs are a high-powered offense right now, and if that downgrades at all, then we could see little to no production from Hunt. The Raiders are in a, you know, they're not in the same offense as the Chiefs at all. Right. And Marshawn Lynch is still getting a touchdown each week. He's still, I think he's averaging, let me see. Well, do you think if the Chiefs get slowed down, they start using Kareem Hunt in the passing game? He's I mean, really I mean, seen any targets in the passing right, game. Right, but, but, I mean, I but between Damian Williams and The thing and is, everything, else, Ware, is, everything else is working right now, right? They're, they're throwing a ton to Kelsey and their wide receivers. That's working right now. If that mm-hmm. ends up slowing down, I think they could use Hunt out of the backfield. He's a really, really good pass catcher. Well, that's when I say sell him and, high. And you, and you want to get him in space. there is a lot of risk. There. I mean, Kareem Hunt, let's see, he's got three targets in three games. Yeah, it's terrible right now. Uh, Anthony Sherman, the fullback, has two. Which is Spencer why. Spencer Ware has four. Which is why you have to have that expectation that his floor is going to be very, very low. So, I do want to move on because we're getting a little bit. Uh, we're getting pretty far. We're a little distracted. But Quincy Anunwa against Jacksonville, I just want to say that. He's a little bit desperate this week. Aaron Colvin isn't their nickel corner anymore, but DJ Hayden has been pre- he's been playing pretty well so far. And Nunwa, you know, will probably be the only place Sam Darnold wants to throw the ball against the Jaguars. Uh, you know, I guess he's a little bit safe. I think his floor is a little bit lower in you know this week in PPR leagues. So I'm tempering my expectations. I'm not starting him in standard, uh, but you know, I, I, but the thing is, like, I don't think the Jags are blind to the fact that Sam loves Quincy. Mm-hmm. Well, something interesting, 
uh, the Jets and Browns game. I don't know if you saw a lot, but they did a lot of wide receiver screens. They did. They they using they're using Quincy in that respect too. Like instead of running the ball, they would just throw it to Quincy and yeah, let him just like have power three, through. Three receivers lined up on the right. Yeah. Chuck it over to Quincy. Have him gain five yeah. ten yards. And I can see them doing that against the Jaguars. Exactly. Yeah. So it's good that they're trying to get him the ball in different ways. Yeah. Exactly. Keep his value, his floor high. Exactly. So a couple sits. Um, I think Jamal Williams is an obvious one. Um, yeah. It's a three-man backfield. You know, neither him, Aaron Jones, or Montgomery is going to get enough work. And if anybody's going to get more carries, it's probably going to be Aaron Jones. I Would saw you a video. Aaron Jones? No, I wouldn't. Not, not this week because you know. Not yet. You just can't start him yet. I mean, Williams kind of needs to be out of the picture before I start Aaron well, Jones. Well, let's say desperate start against with a good matchup. I still can't do it. Still can't do it. Not if he's getting six carries. You know, if, if Williams is still involved, right? And Ty Montgomery is still involved, too. If, if Aaron Jones is only getting six, seven carries a game, even if he's getting ten carries a game, he's still a tough start. Yeah. Um, I, I need to see, like, 12, 13 before I start considering him. Even though he's explosive, he can take anyone to the ho- any of those carries to the house. But I saw a video of Aaron, Aaron Rodgers talking about him, and he just, like, seemed really happy to have him back. <laughs> like, thank God I needed some help. <laughs> he seems really happy. He needed some kind of help. He also seemed on, still on drugs. Aaron Rodgers. Good for um, Anyway, um, I'm sure that pain management is real. Um, I think. Do you think Jamal Williams is droppable right now? Yeah. Ten team league droppable. Yeah. Ten I mean, team. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fourteen team league. <laughs> Ten team. Of course, <laughs> Fourteen team league droppable. Would you keep him? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, you could, what kind of ceiling does this guy have at this point? Well, he had two weeks. The he only thing is, Aaron Jones gets hurt again. That's about it. Yeah. Right. It's like, what kind of ceiling did yeah. he have anyway? I, was, I, I think Ty Montgomery is... Well, I would rather have Ty Montgomery because he's going to have PPR, a role in PPR, it's, uh, for me, it's Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery, and then Jamal Williams. Right, exactly. I think in any format, actually. Okay. Um, I'm probably going to sit Bilal Powell, Isaiah Crowell, against the Jaguars. Um, you know, Powell did have a huge day against PPR, the Jaguars last year. Do you want to start Powell? I don't know, man. You know, I think, honestly, like... Even if he gets five or six catches, I just don't know if that he will. You know, um, think about it. Where you know where are the Jaguars going going to uh, focus on, right? Because they know they're not going to throw it to the outside because they're not throwing it to the outside already, right? So where are the Jets going to try to do their damage? It's going to be to Quincy Nunwa in the slot, wide receiver screens, and to the running back. So I just think the Jaguars are going to focus on that. Um, it's just going to be tough for the Jets to move the ball. Um, I yeah. think. Um, I, I I think. Obviously, like if you need a running back and blah, you're depending on Blah Powell. I think you go for it. I think Isaiah Crowell is a tougher start, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that like that's the way they're going to try to move the ball um, through their running game and through their running backs um, out of the backfield. But uh, it's just it's tough to start these guys against Jacksonville. He did have a big day, but that was before Marcel Darius. They got Marcel Darius from the Bills, um, exactly. who made a huge difference. Uh, Peyton Barber uh, in Chicago. Don't start him. Don't, Don't start him. Oh, um, God. And the Chicago is so tough right now against running backs. They're allowing 2.87 yards per carry. That defense. Right now, second least amount of fantasy good. points per game to running backs. Not good. Um, you know, the Bears have seen the Packers, Seahawks, and Cardinals, so nothing crazy. But I can't imagine Peyton Barber coming into Chicago and tearing things up. So he's going to be on my bench this week. Are you cutting Peyton Barber? Yeah. Yeah. He, just, he was just dropped in my 12-team league. I have no interest in picking him up. Okay. Okay. He's uh, a starting running back for whatever that for whatever that's yeah, worth. Yeah, I think it's worth, worth something. Something, but you know? he's just—I don't like him. Yeah, 
I just think games like the Philly game, for example, you kind of got to throw those games out. Like this game against Chicago, you kind of got to throw it out. You know, because when you have when you go against like these tough defenses, you just the game plan becomes a different thing. Um, but yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. He's still a starter. I'll be interested after this game. I think they're on a, they're on a bye, so I'll be interesting if Rojo becomes active after that. You picking up Rojo? Maybe. If I need if running have, back help and you have a spot, bench, you know, it's expendable spot right. on your bench. Why not? Right now, that, especially in a bye week, it's hard. Well, no, I wouldn't pick him up this week. I'll pick him up after the bye. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, especially right now in a bye week, people will probably have Adrian Peterson, Christian McCaffrey, guys like that right. on their bench. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, have the room. Yeah, I'm not interested too because Rojo looked terrible in the preseason. So, oh, yeah. um, right now my my flyer spot is Taewon Taylor. So we'll see how that works out. Even though I own. I own Corey Davis too, but I'm trying to get some pieces to trade, baby. Yeah, a lot of times it's about value. I've had value people value. say like, "Oh, I have. Uh, should I pick up? Should I pick up Calvin Ridley? I have Julio Jones." Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should. If Jones gets hurt, you have a wide yeah. receiver one, and people will know that you're willing to trade him too. So they're gonna you're gonna get a lot of trade offers. Like I have guys who have like Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones on the same team. So obviously they're going to want to get rid of Marvin Jones um, because they don't want to ex- they don't want to you know depend too much on one offense so yeah. that sort of thing um, so Derrick Henry Deion Lewis against Philadelphia you know outside of the first week neither of these two gave you anything to be excited about you know and that was only Deion Lewis that first week so they're just tough to use in PPR leagues Deion Lewis is probably the better play on any given week but it's going to be tough to predict game flow you know, if he does get volume, like if Derrick Henry gets volume, he can end up giving you what he did the last two weeks, and that was 18 carries for 56 and 57 yards. So nothing crazy. He has a ceiling of five points. Right, no scores. <laughs> I mean, maybe they, they can move the ball in the, in the past game and he can get like a, a red zone. If he like gets a goal line. Goal line, but are you really going to depend on that? You know, and against this Philly run defense, like I'm good. No, thank you. So one thing I wanted to bring up before we wrap it up, bring up before we wrap it up, uh... Sonny Michelle, Sony Michelle, going against the Dolphins could be a positive game script. Rex Burkhead just placed on IR. I mean, are you jumping to start him? I think he saw 14 carries last week. We could see that increase, and if that increases, then what kind of yardage is he's gonna is he gonna get? Um, I think now is a good time to buy low. I agree. But I've been throwing offers at, out for him, but he just hasn't looked that good. Yeah, I mean, two games in, both just the offenses have not looked good. And 100%. I think once we see Gordon in, once we see Edelman in, we're going to see a much yeah. better offense. And then we can see a much agree. better run game as well. And their formations weren't... Like, the formations they've been running Sonny Michelle out of, there aren't the typical formations the Patriots run out of. Because mm-hmm. you're missing guys like Edelman. I, I, I think Bill's... Not showing his game plan because he knows he doesn't have the pieces to do so. Exactly. Yet. He's the play calling is lazy. They're just kind of forcing the run when they shouldn't. Exactly. They're not really. I mean, the Patriots had time to win the game against Detroit. That's right. They just didn't try. No, but how confident are you that this will be a positive game script though? That's the thing. If it was in Miami, I would not be confident at all. In New England, if Josh Gordon plays, I'm much more confident. Right. Because the, Tom Brady Miami just has, has a Miami bad has, track record in Miami. Right, and Miami has played a New England pretty well, though they in have. New England as well. Um, yeah, and they've been playing good, but you know it's an interesting offense. We'll, I feel a lot better at home with Gordon with Josh in Gordon, hundred percent, hundred percent. And oddly yeah. enough, that makes a big difference. For but I, I'm hundred percent with you about buying low, whether he looked good or not. Volume is king, and, and he's, get, he's, he's getting he's getting some too, targets too. 
If the Patriots' idea is they don't want to show their whole game plan, if you get to one and three, that's just not a good spot to come back from. Right. Right. So I think they're like, all right, we if conspiracy theory, right? Mm-hmm. They do lose two games. They let it happen. Whatever. They didn't try at the end against the Jaguars. Not really a lot of effort against the Lions. We have to kind of start playing now. You, you kind of have to start building it back, especially if you get Josh Gordon in the game. Edelman's going to be back next week. You have to start winning again. Because right. if you go to one and three, it's just not good. And right. think, Especially with the Dolphins winning. Mm-hmm. Especially it's a divisional it, matchup. Right. If the Dolphins are 4-0. Oh, That's going to be tough to come back from. Tiebreaker yeah. at the end of the season if the Dolphins keep it up. I think this is the Patriots, a game where the Patriots have a really good game plan. They've lost the last two games. I, I just... It just makes so much sense. For this me is a Patriots fan talking, guys, by the way. I just want oh, to point that out. Yeah, just... <laughs> He's wearing a Patriots hat in my house, and we're in New Jersey. I'm a big Jets fan. That's just disrespectful. Yeah. But uh, anyway, all right, guys, I appreciate – we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, and um, I hope you guys enjoy the game tonight. should be a good one. Hoping that tonight – this is like one of the best Thursday night matchups I've been looking forward to in a long time. This is, I mean, Vikings, Rams, I mean, that's that's legit. That's good. Um, I mean, it, we didn't even think the Browns and Jets were going to be good. That was but a it ended up being second fantastic. Half. Yeah, it was great. Um, even but yeah, enjoy the game tonight. Good luck this week. Um, you know, if you want, if you miss anything, you want more detail, I have the Start Sit article. Basically, everything we went over today in article form on UpperHandFantasy.com. So you can go check that out. You can follow me at UpperHandFantasy. You can follow Joey at Fantasy Football Analyst, fantasy.football.analyst. Um, go check him out. He has some awesome stuff on his IG as well. Um, so, again, we really appreciate you guys tuning in, listening to us. I know you can, there's a ton of fantasy football podcasts out there, so we appreciate the support. Um, so, yeah, have a great weekend and thanks again. See ya. Win your leagues. <laughs>